He Googles juicy boobs. <laughs> wow. Oh, it's like the Little Mermaid, but really gay. I was just thinking repeatedly, I'm just going to marry a girl yeah. and just do what I need to do. Like I didn't even know what gay was, and I was it. So. <laughs> Welcome to Hard and Soft, a podcast on love, sex, and relationships. This episode, we'll be talking about first. This may be our second episode, but it is about firsts. Our first <laughs> loves, our first sexual experiences, our first kisses, our first relationships. Our first crushes, too. Our, our first times realizing we were homosexuals. Homosexual. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, my first kiss was actually pretty gross. I'm not going to lie. I never did anything in high school. And so when I came to Cal... I had my first kiss here in Casa fucking Zimbabwe. <gasps> you had a CZ first kiss? Yeah, like in the grimiest environment possible. Was it on the Dance Dance Revolution machine? No, it was not. It was on the Dance Dance floor. And <laughs> um, and it was disgusting. It was during one of their goth balls or whatever the fuck. And this man is dancing behind me. And that's weird for me because usually I'm the gay that has to like push the men off of my friends. Like, get the fuck off. But this guy was doing that to me. And I was like, okay, like what's what's happening like this has never occurred before what was he wearing he was tall and white and wearing a very bland outfit it's, he's kind of wearing what i'm wearing right now it was <laughs> one is wearing a plaid shirt um, skinny joggers and sneakers with a hole in them <laughs> so he was wearing something of that value and we made out and his breath tasted like fucking shit i didn't know what i was doing with my tongue i felt like i was fighting him it was really gross and then i saw his ass three days later at the fucking melt just eating a mac and cheese sandwich and then he looks up at me and we make eye contact and i bolt out the fucking door it's modern love is what it is what about yours josh tell me about your first kiss Um, so i would had a crush on this guy since freshman year of high school like he walked into my english class he was wearing a red hoodie and i was like (gasps) so he walks in and i'm like i'd like be sitting in class while my my English teacher talks about Romeo and Juliet, and I'd turn around and I'd be like, hey. Hot. <laughs> you had me at hey. So fast forward to two years after, I didn't know if he was gay or not, but like, we had the same AP history class. I think it was AP US history. And we were sitting there working on a project because I was like a good egg and I studied a lot. And oh. he didn't because he smoked a lot of weed. Ooh, it seems like that's a type you like. he had this election day project that he hadn't started on i had already finished it it was like a scrapbook or something because our history teacher is like this old adorable lady i love her so much but um i i had helped him with the project we were sitting next to each other and at one point he's like i need to lie down he had put on the black keys and it felt very sexy we had put on the Album Brothers had just come out, and he put on the song Everlasting Light, and he goes like, Let me be your everlasting light. He was lying down, and I was like, I'm gonna go for it. So I pounced on his bed. I pounced onto him. Whoa. I kissed him. What the fuck? (laughs) I could not see your ass doing that. Yeah, I was was a brave 16-year-old. What happened to him? Who's that person? That was Joshua Bote? I don't know what happened. I think I'm so brave. (laughs) Whose first kiss is ever like that amazing? I I think it's overhyped. It's always awkward and gross. I had to choreograph that. Yeah. Like I had been waiting and waiting and waiting. And you know what? Ultimately it wasn't that worth it. It was like (laughs) a peck on the lips and then like I had my dad was picking me up. 
So I went home. Like no dick. Like no dick. nothing. I mean, eventually there was. That's oh, story. whoa. The same person? Same person, yeah. Um, the guy I kissed, we kept making out the whole rest of the party. Really? Uh-huh. And then the lights turn on, and then we stopped, and then I was just staring at him. And then he was like, so what now? And then I just bolted out with my friends. <gasps> I was like, um, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> you were like a freshman. I was like oh a God. grimy little freshman, sweaty as hell. Like, when the lights came on, that's probably why I wanted to leave so bad, was because yeah. you could see me in my final form. <laughs> Which was this puddle. Puddle glow up. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. No, it was nasty. No, but like, you're 18. Like, you can't go from your first kiss to your first lady. The real tea is that I sucked dick before I had my first kiss. And it was with a person that was about, I don't know, almost 30. <laughs> In my dorm room, like a week prior to that. So, I guess my chronology of sexual experiences is pretty, yeah, fucked up. And at the time, I thought kissing was overrated. I thought it was nasty. I thought it was gross. But now, I, I think I like it more. I think it's I think it's really fun. It's one of my favorite things to do is to make out. Do you kiss? When you go on Grindr, do you kiss people? Like, on Grindr? Yeah, yeah. I usually do if if they want to. I, some, I, I've hooked up with guys that are like, no kissing because that makes it gay. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm not down to hook up with those kinds of people anymore. But as a freshman, when you're young and horny, like, that was what was going on. But now I'm definitely down to make the fuck out and foreplay. I think foreplay is probably my favorite part of the whole thing. Whoa. Yeah, is, I like it. If they're a good kisser. Yeah. I don't even know if I'm a good kisser because no one gives me feedback. Okay, I think bad kissers are really, really wet kissers. They're very sloppy. And I think that's <laughs> really, like, that is terrifying and revolting. It only happened one time, but that one time I, like, just stopped, wanted to stop kissing. <laughs> for the rest of the night and I wanted to go home. Did you say something about that? Were no. you like, you are slobbering over me like a fucking dog? No, because I think I'm a wet kisser too. <gasps> That's <Surprise>. disgusting. <laughs> so you're one of them. Yeah, I can't, I don't know if I am or not. Nobody said anything. So Josh, tell me about the first time you thought you were different. When I was different, not like the other boys, <laughs> I um, I was sitting in with my dad on the couch. We were watching some Law and Order or CSI or whatever it is that my dad watches. We were sitting next to each other, and Victoria's Secret comes on with their voluptuous, beautiful models. And my dad, you know, elbows me, and he's like, "Hey, aren't they beautiful?" And I'm like, "Sure, Dad. There's something." Oh, oh. And then. The ad after that is this cologne ad where these men, who one of them shirtless, is they're playing shirts and skins basketball and women are ogling them. And at that moment, I thought, I'd like to be one of those women. Whoa. I'd love to ogle <laughs> a couple of basketball men. What cologne was it? Did you buy it? No, it oh. was like... It was like those ones that you'll get at like JC Penny. Like this is a very like the ones that come in like the magazine and you rub mm -hmm. it on your armpit. Yeah. Mm, I love <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And then a couple months after I had watched Enchanted with my family and I thought the prince, the guy who Amy Adams was supposed to be with was so handsome. And then that's when I realized. I started going on websites. There was this one called squarehippies.com. Uh -huh. It's just shirtless actors doing the damn thing. It's like screen caps of like TV shows or like photo shoots, and they look very handsome, very toned, and very oily. So I was like, hamana, hamana, hamana when I was 12. <laughs> That's it. So, what about you? Well, it started off very early. 
I think that one of the first groundbreaking experiences where I really thought I was different was when I was with one of my best friends. We were at his house, and his parents aren't home. I know. His sister was watching us. She was, you know, the older sister doing her thing in her room, probably chatting people on Omegle or whatever you're doing in your scene phase. And AIM. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was definitely AIM. Oh, my God. Um, Wait, what so, was your AIM handle? Sorry to interrupt. I, I think it was Y'all Chris's here. <laughs> Oh no, mine is oh no's, it's Josh. <laughs> oh no's. It's Josh. It's time to get off AIM because he's <laughs> online. Um, so we had the desktop free, etc. And so we're all up on it. And he Googles juicy boobs <laughs> <laughs> and Google images it because JLo had already done her thing, so Google Images was created. Do you know how they were created? No. Well, if you don't know, Google Images was created because JLo wore a really fancy dress to one of these events, and people wanted to see it so bad that they created Google Images so you could find it really quick. Oh, that's right. And that served us when we were in, like, third grade to find pictures of breasts. So Jenny from the Blocks Impact. <laughs> Bless her soul. So <laughs> we look at these juicy boobs, and my friend's all about it. He's loving them and just, like, clicking on them and, like, being like, whoa, dude, isn't this the best? Didn't they have parental filters on Google? Uh, I think we bypassed them. It's not that hard. I, <laughs> I don't know. You find ways. And I realized that I was not into them. I I wasn't like grossed out, but I wasn't oogling over them the same way he was. And so <laughs> I started getting this fascination with the internet and my computer. And whenever my mom or grandpa were away, I would run up to it. And I had heard this word gay. I, it just had been thrown at me or just used in the world. Elementary schoolers are so mean. I know. <laughs> I don't know how they find out these things. And they like, I didn't even know what gay was, and I was it. So <laughs> I wanted to figure it out. And so I'd Google image gay, and then I liked what would come up. <laughs> it would be like these two men cuddling and Aww. advertisement for like gay spas. And I was like, I don't want to go there. And then I started Googling grosser things like gay sex. And I'm <laughs> seeing that and being like, whoa. This is me. Do you remember the first thing that popped up when you looked up gay sex and actively like started searching? I I think one of the things that stood out to me the most from what I can remember was this orgy scene. <gasps> I, it, it looked like a fraternity almost. I remember seeing it as a kid and being like, whoa. And the dick was so big. I was kind of scared of it, but in awe at the same time. It's like this fear. Of, uh, I think it was part me being scared that I liked it and also being scared that it's big. <laughs> Just like a bit of both. Yeah, you look down and you're like, <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh boy. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I want to be bad in 20 years. <laughs> and then, yeah, I think that's when I really realized that I'm not like my friend who likes looking at juicy boobs. I feel like that's a common experience though. Like yeah. Searching porn with your friends and commiserating over that. Right, exactly. I think that the internet was kind of this gateway to a lot of my firsts. Gateway? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think the internet's revolutionary. Without it, I don't think I'd be as gay as I am right now. Thank you, computer nerds everywhere, for letting Chris be. (laughs) At Eeks, bless you. (laughs) When you had crushes on people, did you realize that you would like guys? Or was it like, oh, I like girls, and then something strikes you, and you're like, oh, I think part of me didn't really know what a real crush was supposed to feel like. Yeah, like, I remember when I was scrolling through this shirtless guy's website, in my head I still like girls. Right, I think that in my head, too, I was still in this mood of 
denial almost because I knew that I didn't like girls. I knew it from a very early age, but I remember thinking in my head constantly, I was I was just thinking repeatedly, I'm just going to marry a girl yeah. and just do what I need to do and just like guys on my own. I even thought about that in elementary school. I thought that was going to be my plan. And so I kept, I tried to fool myself, but it never really worked. So my crushes, quote unquote, I would have on girls were just, I think, desires of me being wanting to be their really close friend mm-hmm. um, and then them potentially liking me and then me just running with that. Was there anyone who had a crush on you and they were like, oh my gosh, Chris, you're beautiful. <laughs> I don't think they thought I was beautiful. <laughs> I think they just thought I was really weird and funny, but then they were drawn to that for some weird reason. Still doesn't work now <laughs> on guys. But yeah, I, that happened a couple times. The most prominent time it happened was with one of my best friends. She had a crush on me throughout middle school and like beginning of high school. And we would text and we would hang out a lot as friends, but I knew that she liked me and I like was thinking of potentially like going with it and asking her out. Um, (gasps) Yeah. And this was like a long time. And then in high school, it was kind of coming to a head. And I, I remember just feeling this pressure of like, ask her out, ask her out. Everyone's like, she likes you. And like, uh." and I, I ended up just coming out to her instead of asking her. How did she react? She wasn't mad at me, but she was definitely very hurt because it was almost like I was leading her on in a way, but I was also leading myself on. So she knew I wasn't to blame. Like, there's no way that I had control over it. I didn't end up leading her on to the point of me actually asking her out and doing stuff. That would be more fucked up. But she was fine with it. And she got really sad and like went home and cried and shit. You're still really good. (laughs) But now we're best friends and like we continued our friendship. It's like even stronger now. We can talk about the same things now. Wow. Except you're both just wanting the same thing. (laughs) It's not each other. (laughs) It's definitely not. What about with you? I know I led my best friend on. (laughs) What did you do? Oh, no. I embroiled myself in a love triangle when I was in eighth grade. There was this girl who this who one of my friends had a crush on. And from afar, I was like, I like you, too. And she was very good at being friends with everybody. But I don't know. I thought that her feelings were special for me. And I thought that she really wanted to be with me. We went to prom together, oh. an eighth grade prom. And we were... Jay Sean's down was blaring and we had, you know, we were sitting by the sodas and the chips and she told me, she whispered to me, hey, I really like you. And my heart fluttered and I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to have a crush. Oh my God, I'm so happy. And at the same time, I was still scrolling through shirtless guys and I rolled with it because I was like, this is what a crush feels like and I should... Probably like girls. So she entered this relationship with the guy for months and I would hang out with them and I would third wheel their dates. I think this is why I like third wheeling so much now. But I got used to being like, oh, they like each other and that's fine for me. I guess I'll just get rejected. The girl broke my heart. Jesus. She did? Yeah. I was very upset. That's why I wrote angsty rants about why she broke my heart and she was following my tumblr too so i made it known damn were I, you subtweeting her or was her name all up in it her i was subtweeting her because oh. i am i was 12 literally and i couldn't get myself to say hey fuck you on the internet right i mean it's easier just to shit post yeah, now i can i guess now that leads me to my last question of the day what was your first heartbreak oh lord 
Okay, well, to preface this, I have never been in a relationship in my fucking life. What happened to me was, okay, I was in this friends with benefits situation with someone that was quote-unquote straight my freshman year. So, I mean, to start off, that kind of sounds like it's not going to end so well. And so we, the second semester of my freshman year, he seduced me. I am not the gay that just went and, you know, kind of slid into his DMs and was like, I'm going to turn you <laughs> to the dark side. But he fucking hit my ass up and was like, let me suck that dick. Is that a direct quote? Almost, actually. <laughs> I mean, not as, like, annoying, but it was basically that. So he did that to me, and I rolled with it. We were best friends before, and so this was a huge transition. Someone I had thought was super heterosexual was suddenly my best friend that was seducing me. And I ended up becoming his kind of plaything in a way because we would only hook up when he wanted to because he was straight. And so anytime I would ask him, hey, can we do this? He would say, no, I'm not gay, dude. And then maybe even three hours later on his terms when he asked me, he could do it because it's not gay because he asked me. And we never kissed once. It was very almost manipulative. I would compromise myself for his benefit a lot of the time and my mental health was deteriorating and it was painful, but I think at the same time, I can't completely blame him because I liked him. And how my heart was broken was when he finally just cut it off at the end and just said, I'm was not it, gay. Was it the end of freshman year? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. And I mean, it's hard, right? When your best friend is also this person who you're having sexual interactions with, it's like, get you a guy who can do both, except on his terms and not really. And yeah, it's like, I signed this contract that was like, you get no say, but... You know, you get to have an orgasm every once in a while. Oh, it's like The Little Mermaid, but really gay. <laughs> yeah, and he's Ursula. <laughs> <laughs> he stole that shit. And then he dumped my ass on Dead Week, so that's fun. Right? And here we are. We had to lay it on you. Yeah, right? Oh, no. Like, I know finals are next week, but fuck you forever. I think one of the biggest things I learned from my heartbreak from the straight guy, who's still my friend and who I care about, is that it's okay to say no. And if something's painful and it doesn't feel good, then you don't have to put yourself in that situation. That's the real tea. It's such fucking tea. And, like, <laughs> I'm not down to just let someone do that to me. You know, I, I need someone that's, like, secure with themselves because I'm not even really that secure with myself. But at least, you know, have the decency to make it a mutually beneficial experience. Yeah. And at least kiss you once in a while. Right? I, I like kissing now. Yeah, kissing is... Kissing is number one. That's the real lesson. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what about at Joshua Bote? Like, what was your biggest dumping? Mm, it wasn't even a dumping, right? It was the same person I had my first kiss with. Oh, yikes. By that point, we had had a couple of sexual experiences. He was the first person who I blew. It felt very lovey-dovey, and I was very committed. And we had texted a lot. We had messaged each other almost every day. I got him a Christmas present. But by the second semester of that point in my life, I was so invested, and he just wanted to push me out. And I didn't see the sign. I thought in my head, oh, he was just being playful. And it never worked out. I don't know what eventually happened. I stopped talking to him. He cut off nearly all ties, and we just sit in class awkwardly. And it sucks when you're, like, this first person who you had a lot of firsts with right. was this person who just left you to dry and didn't really care about your needs or your feelings. And I guess I took that to a lot of relationships going forward. I'm lucky that I've been in relationships in the past and now, but... It's hard when you're 16 and all you want is for somebody to like you and you're just like, 
Scram. It it sucks because you're still trying to understand yourself and love yourself too. From that experience, it was really, I think it's something that I've taken for the rest of the relationships that I've been in is really to just stop pursuing somebody if they don't really care about you or really want to have you around. It's so much time and effort and love wasted because you want this one-sided thing and you think it's going to work out in your head. You create this vision of love and you don't really care about your own emotional well-being. You're okay with sacrificing a lot. And once I've gotten into college, I lucked out and there are lots of people who cared about me. And I think it's really hard to go back and invest time and effort in somebody who doesn't give a shit about you. We need to stop compromising ourselves for other people. Like, fuck that shit. So with all the heartbreaks and difficulty that comes with love. This is Charmaine Chong, our deputy in charge producer. Our mom, Charmam. <laughs> Do you think you still believe in it after so much bullshit? I think so. I, I've never felt like I was in love with anybody in a romantic way. I've never really felt, you know, like I would put myself on the line for this person. I'm obsessed with this person, this person, everything. So I've never experienced that feeling, but I think it's possible for me to feel that. And I think it is out there. Maybe not in the way I'm picturing it right now in my stupid young head, but I think it's out there and I just need to be patient. Chris? And this is Ashley Grace Vo, our producer extraordinaire. How do you know that you haven't experienced it yet? And like, what are you looking for in order to know that you are in love? Um, I think the reason I know that I've never been in love before is because every time I felt an attraction towards someone or a, a, a like a, a love-esque feeling, it was never reciprocated. And I think real love comes when that person feels it too. And it's something that can help you both grow and feel positive together because it's been me just putting myself out there for others and just feeling shitty perpetually because I like this person. So I think that I, I'm going to stop doing that. I don't really give a shit about like anyone right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to wait <laughs> yeah. and say, fucking put yourself on the line for my ass. Unrequited love isn't real love, I don't think. I agree. You're right. I think that's the one thing that I've gotten to realize. I also never... I think love is a thing that I can have and feel. Although the love that I felt when I was 16 and the love that I feel now, even though it's like four years removed, feels completely different. In the past, it was almost obsessive. It was almost to the point where I would stay up until three in the morning every night and just talk to this person. And, you know, that's not sustainable at some point. If you can't maintain that into a point where you don't have to see each other all the time, you don't have to text each other all the time, you don't have to be communicating with them and corresponding with them. I think that's real love. There was this really corny quote that somebody says it's like, real love is like a slow burning fire, right? There are a lot of people say that where even if it feels like it could pass out at any minute, it's still there and it's still shared and it still keeps you warm. This podcast was produced by Ashley Grace Vo, Nathaniel Mahold, Charmaine Chong, and Michelle Lee. And again, we are your hosts. I'm Chris Cox. And I'm Joshua Bote. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this episode. I hope you tuned in last week and enjoyed your experience. We had an awesome time launching our podcast. It's been such a pleasurable experience. We've received so much positive feedback, so much love and positivity for us, and it keeps us going. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, and 
give us five stars on iTunes if you're down to do that. Thanks very much for listening. Bye. Love you. Bye.